So from my heart, uh, happy Father's Day. And uh, welcome to Kruger National Park, South Africa. You had no idea, did you, that you'd be walking in to a national park? I mean, Nat Geo has nothing on us, right? We got it all here. I mean, that's, when you think about it, you just look around. Um, we've never had an opportunity like this, the way we've done it, to have everybody here on a Sunday just kind of see what it's going to be like this week, Monday to Friday, okay? Where you have 300 kids and 120 volunteers come in here. We just thought, what a great way to uh, really celebrate the Lord and His truth with our children, with the families, and extend it into this community. And we wanted all you guys to see the, the commitment, the creativity, and what this church actually pulls off, and how your kids are so incredibly blessed. We wanted the whole church to know. So that's why we did it this week. And it's just kind of a fun way to celebrate family, celebrate Father's Day, celebrate you know, our men's retreat going out, and, and then all of our kids as they gather to hear the truth about Christ and the fun of walking with God. And that's what it's about is the adventure and the delight of what it means to walk with God and have family, a big church family like this, embrace you and your efforts as dad and as mom and as parents and the kids from every angle that we know. And that's what this morning is all about too. Even as we take a little bit of our time to focus on what it means to be a godly father. To do that, we're in this series, as you know, a few weeks ago we started this Ephesians series, and we entitled it, Called to be Holy in Christ. Called to be holy in Christ. And we got all the way up through the end of chapter one, but now we're going to jump a few chapters to chapter six, because Paul speaks specifically about fathers, and actually about children and parenting for a little bit. So we're going to jump to those verses, but we're going to be back in chapter two next week, so we encourage you to kind of get back in track and following with us as we study uh, Ephesians through the summer. We're going to do it all summer long. So if you're on vacation or you're here, it doesn't matter. Be reading the word, be meditating on these truths, talking uh, to those in your life about the truths, these great, massive doctrinal truths from Ephesians. I mean, chapter one is so chock full, isn't it? And then what does that mean that God is compassionate and has adopted us? and loves us with this great love. How does that then translate into relationships? And like this morning, into our fathering, into our mothering, into our, our uh, response to parents as children and so on. So it really is all about these great truths that get lived out in the most important relationships in our life to experience the presence and blessing of God. So that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to look at just a few verses in Ephesians chapter 6. So jump there to Ephesians 6 looking at just the first four verses there. Uh, and, you know, I just encourage you, even as you hear these verses, you're going to think of yourself in different ways today. You're going to think of yourself as a child. If you're a parent, you're going to think of yourself as a father uh, or a mother. You're going to be thinking through the roles that you've had, even your parents and so on. There are going to be lots of thoughts going on, lots of emotions. And the great thing is the Lord's going to take all that and he's going to help you this morning. He's going to encourage you. He's going to direct you with some truths that'll make a big practical difference in your relationship. So wherever you're at, it's not just about fathers today at all. You'll see as we jump into these verses, each one of us has something that the Lord wants to do to grow us, encourage us this morning. So Ephesians 6, verse 1, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, this is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So let's pick these verses apart. Now the first verse, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. 
This is the great and foremost duty of children, is to obey their parents. God and nature, as God has set up the family from the very beginning of creation till today, that parents are given the authority and the role, the privilege, to raise their children according to the truths of Scripture. Paul says here that parenting needs to be in the Lord. Did you catch that? It's obeying children, obey your parents in the Lord, and all of our instruction should be in the Lord according to his truths in ways that will bring the blessing of the Lord. Centered in Christ. And you know this whole series, and Paul introduces that in the first chapter, it's all about being in Christ as a child in Christ, in a family in Christ, husband and wife in Christ, that in Christ we experience God's grace. We experience his love and his truth. We experience mercy and compassion. We experience loving discipline. All those things come to us. All those spiritual blessings are in Christ. So children, as we look to our parents and we obey them in everything, we're just inviting the blessing of God into our life. Now, kids don't naturally grow up understanding that or knowing that. But you may be old enough if you're sitting here today to realize, wow, that's speaking to me right now. I'm still in the home. I'm not an adult yet. I'm not out of the home. So I have a responsibility and a calling, a command to do what's right, as the verse says, to obey my parents in the Lord. That I would have a submissive heart and willingly obey their authority. Not an easy thing for a child. You remember what it was like? <laughs> it's not easy. We have our own will. We have desires. We are tempted. But the calling is obedience with a submissive heart. That's the proper course, God says, for all of society. He's built, you know, creation on these principles in the family unit as husband and wife together, raising their kids with kids, responding in obedience to their parents and so on. But it has to be at a heart level. You know, we can... We can obey God on the inside and it be true, or we can fight God on the inside and have there be an appearance of obedience, but that's not submissiveness. God's calling our heart to be shaped to be like his, to not just agree to what our parents say, but fight it internally, but to actually understand that this truth is there to bring freedom and bring blessing to our lives. In fact, there's a book by Ted Tripp called Shepherding a Child's Heart. It's a great book for parents, really of all ages, but especially younger parents. But it's great because as grandparents like I am right now, it's like, how do I help my kids and even our grandkids um, grow at a heart level to want to obey and honor God by obeying their parents? And we understand that there can be a lot that goes on in a child's heart and we have to shepherd him or her at that level that they could have a fear at the heart level that's preventing them from wanting to obey. There could be some apprehension or anxiety. There could be some lack of understanding. And we have to address that at a heart level. We have to explain why the truths of God will lead to reward and blessing. And we have to kind of break it down for a two-year-old or a four-year-old or a six-year-old or a 12-year-old to understand. The core of obedience is always the heart. What's going on in the heart? And we know that even as adults. Even as adults, we understand that, wow, if my heart's not right before God, it could be lip service to God, but our heart's not changed. There's no power. There's no passion. There doesn't seem to be much presence of God in our life because really we've fallen into some form on the outside 
But on the inside, our heart hasn't been transformed or it's not fresh with the Lord. And so you understand that with kids, that's just as important as we experience even as adults. So children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. That's how you instruct your kids to respond to you. You tell them it's right. It's how God set it up. You explain to them whenever they're capable that you had to learn these things, you know, when you were growing up and it wasn't easy, but you always address them at a heart level. And where there's disobedience or there's lack of understanding, you move toward the heart graciously and tenderly. Proverbs 4.1 says, Hear, O sons, a father's instruction and be attentive that you may gain insight. So you tell them that this is all that you would gain insight and wisdom and you'd be able to be successful, that you would do well in your relationships and in your life and at school and on the sports field and your studies and all of that, that there's going to be wisdom and insight that come from a father's instruction and especially so when our fathers, when you and I as dads are committed to understanding and teaching truth from God's word. Then he moves on in verse 2 and 3, and he kind of continues his argument, if you will, with the citing of the fifth commandment. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. It's the first relational commandment that God gives, and it influences all other relationships. When we get this one right and we start by this obedience to our parents and actually honoring them, we carry that honor all the way through our life. Or we should. You obey your parents when you're in the house and you're not an adult yet. But once you kind of get launched, and I know there's a lot of boomerang stories with the kids coming back into the house, well, you'll have to manage that one. But when our kids are under 18, they're in the house, when they're not yet adults, there's this obedience that happens, but it moves toward honor. And it's so powerful because it affects every relationship that we have. Now, God knew that. That's why he gave these commands, the Ten Commandments and this Fifth Commandment, to the people of Israel. He gave them to Moses to give to the people of Israel so they'd know how to live, how to build this family, how to relate to each other. It all starts with honoring and worshiping God. Then you've got parents. So then you have to obey and then learn to honor your parents. That's a lifelong thing. And as you do that, that honoring and that submissive heart level submission helps you build a good marriage, helps you build a legacy of fathering and mothering. It helps you set your kids up for success in their life. So he was telling Moses, give this to the people. If they're to live long in the promised land, in the land of Canaan, they need to understand the basics, the foundation blocks. Honor and love God. Worship him only. Obey and then honor your parents. And then he gives some instructions, which we'll talk about in a minute, specifically how then we father in a way that will bring God's richest blessing. Genesis 2.24 says that each one of us will leave mother and father and cleave to our spouse, right? You've heard that, the leave and cleave. And when that leaving and cleaving happens, that's where the honoring takes over and becomes very important. We've had a culture that's told us, do what you want. And if you don't feel like honoring a parent, if you don't feel like honoring someone else in your life, you don't have to. It's about you. It's about how you've been treated they were wrong, they did this, they weren't perfect, so you do what you want to bring fulfillment and actualization to yourself. It's a very inward, self-protective, self-actualization message. It's about you being happy about your day and your future and your American dream and your stuff 
And if they weren't perfect or they've disappointed, you can reject, you can push them. You don't give them honor. You don't give them any preference. And that's what honor means, to give preference to, to lift up. So the culture says, you don't necessarily have to do that. God says, oh no, you have to do that. This is the building blocks of a heart submitting to God and thanking him, honoring him by honoring our parents, not because they're perfect. Any perfect parents here right now? <laughs> we had a joke earlier. We were praying before the service started. And I said, like, yeah, make sure we're praying for all the dads because I don't think there'll be any dad in here who feels like they're killing it. And we all just had a big laugh like, oh, yeah, there's no dad that goes like, oh, I'm killing it as a dad. I got this. This is easy. Next. Next challenge. It's like, no, we all feel like, wow, we're, we're continually growing in this. And that's how the Lord would want it, that we would be humble like that before him, but that we would parent in such a way, we would be dads in such a way that our kids would desire to follow the model that we're laying out. It's not because our dads or our moms were perfect that we honor them. It's because it's right and we're commanded by God. And it should quickly come to your mind, my kids should honor me, not because I'm perfect and good thing, because we're not, but because it's right. It's how God set it up. And then they'll one day learn, oh, I'm not perfect either. So my kids should honor me and obey me in the Lord. Not because I'm perfect, but because that's the role, that's the command of God that builds the family in a culture that's tearing the family to shreds all around us every day. The culture is not kind to the family unless they can make a lot of money off of it. The culture is dead set against these principles of God. To honor God, to honor one another, to be submissive in our heart toward one another. We're supposed to submit to one another as to the Lord. Like those principles are not taught. You don't see those celebrated in our culture. So we're countercultural to obey these commands and these principles that we see today. But we honor our parents, again, not because they're perfect. We honor them because of their role. We honor them as unto the Lord. And that builds a submissive heart in us and in our children. As they see that in us, toward our parents, whether your parents are still alive or they've passed, if they see an honoring heart in you, they will follow. They'll pick it up. You're the greatest example and model of what it means to honor. You, you have the greatest influence, the greatest opportunity, the greatest privilege to shape how they're going to treat their spouse and their children and you as parents. And that's how God designed it to be. It's not really hard. Like it's, it's not complex. It, it, it doesn't take a high IQ. You don't have to be a rocket scientist. You just have to say, I humble myself before God's design. I'm going to humble and honor God. I'm going to humble myself and honor my parents. And I'm going to train my kids to do the same. I'll direct them to obey us for it's right. And it'll bring blessing in their life. Just like it did back in the days of Moses and the Israelites or Paul when he's giving us these verses. Or now today. The principles have not changed. God's design is perfect. It doesn't need improvement. It needs obedience and trust. And as we follow it, the blessing comes. And sometimes the blessing, it does take months or years. And it requires great prayer, great endurance, great patience as parents. But don't you remember yourself? 
Don't you remember the journey and the adventure you were on in your own life to make sense of God? Don't you even know what it's like now to walk with God with clay feet? And you make mistakes and, you know, anyone could come to you and say, well, don't you know better? And you'd go, yeah, I do. And so we give that patience and that, that timetable that God requires to mold and shape our kids' lives. And that does take faith. It takes faith for me. It takes faith for you to believe that God will continue to work in his way, in his time with our children. We don't control the outcomes spiritually, but we do control our choices and what we model and what we teach, right? We don't control the outcomes. We can't control the outcomes. It's like God doesn't control us. He invites us to know him. We give our heart in freedom to him, and he instructs us in the way we should go. We do that with our kids, and we choose to be faithful. We're not pretending to be perfect. Not a person in here. At least you shouldn't. That's too much pressure. You'll never be perfect. You've already failed. <laughs> Why double fail? Why already not be able to, but then pretend you're going to be able to? You're going to make mistakes. You just apologize and say you're sorry when you realize that. You show them what it means to be a real person in real faith with a real God in real life circumstances. You know, I said that wrong. That came out wrong. I'm sorry. You know, I did say I was going to be there and I wasn't. Would you forgive me? And you show that to your spouse. You show that to your kids. And you're building a unit that God can bless because there's grace and compassion and mercy and humility. You're saying you're sorry. You're receiving forgiveness. You're giving forgiveness. And you're building that up. That will take the greatest efforts and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, like nothing else, to keep modeling what I'm talking about here. There, there's not a day off. I hate to tell you that. You don't take a vacation from these principles because the culture doesn't take a day off. The culture's going to battle you and battle your kids. You take a day off, and they're going to be going backwards in some area. The culture is screaming for your kids to worship all these idols of the culture. That look, those clothes, this possession, that reputation, that boyfriend, that girlfriend, this car, this future, this whatever. If they see you doing that, they're going to go, exactly what I want. We model something different, and then they actually will look and say, I can choose differently and it would honor God. I don't always agree with mom or dad, or I know they stumble here and there, but you know what? They're committed to me. They're loyal to me. They're loyal to the calling of God and to the scriptures. They're doing the best they can, and when they fall, they own it. That's what we model to our kids. God allows U-turns, doesn't he? Does he allow U-turns for parents? Does he allow second and third and 500th and 15th, you know, U-turns and mistakes and we come back again? Yes. What he wouldn't want us to do is get stuck and be a victim. To say, oh, I have this excuse because my parents didn't give it to me. I could use that. My parents were divorced when I was 12. I could say, oh, well, I didn't have a dad around as much as I need. Yeah, and I had a lot of blanks. But by the grace of God and other men that were raising their kids, I could fill in a lot of those blanks. And I had the word of God. I go to the word of God myself, fill in those blanks with his grace and with his truth. So I can't say, well, I didn't have it, so I can't give it. No, I need to be responsible now as a father and as a husband to fill those things in with God's truth. And so do you. So don't let the enemy tell you anything else than that because it would be a lie. And it's to keep you away from the things of God. He's inviting you into 
blessing. He's inviting you into truths and principles that'll build your marriage and build your family and build a legacy in your home and through your children. Honor your father and mother that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. It's all about blessing, bringing God's blessing into your family, into your children's lives. Then it gets more specific now, and this is where fathers really, really lean in, okay? So fathers, this is verse four. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Fathers represent the head of the family, and obviously through them, and they carried on the name, the family name through the sons. But there's a huge responsibility for dads here. Some commentators feel like addressing both fathers and mothers. I guess there's maybe some evidence for both. But I, I lean towards saying, no, that's the correct translation. And specifically, I think that's a, it can be a weakness with fathers that they would provoke their kids the wrong direction. They would provoke them instead of you know, loving God, they might provoke them to anger. They could be maybe too harsh or domineering. And that's what, when Paul was writing these letters and the Lord was inspiring him to give these words to the first century church and to these believers at Ephesus, to us today, there was a domineering authority that dads had. They, they were rigid. They were so authoritarian that it would often bring about anger in their children. So we have to be careful of that. So Paul was bringing something corrective to the fathers of his day and to us today to be very sensitive to. How do we provoke our children? By being too harsh. By having unrealistic expectations. By our lack of presence in their life, too busy with our workouts at the gym, our job demands, our leisure activities, whatever. A lack of affirmation. I just talked to someone between services who said, yeah, I, I don't even, you know, my, my dad never said he loved me. There was, there was no real encouragement. So it's like finally after years and years of me telling him when I finally realized how important that was, he finally said it back to me. Well, we can provoke our kids by not affirming them and lifting them up with our words, our very presence, because we can be too controlling, too harsh or unrealistic or hypercritical, or having favoritism, whatever it is. Colossians 3.21 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. So it does discourage their heart. What a child needs and wants is you. Research will tell you that. Not just Christian research, but even those that study the family, all social studies show that they, they want presence, your presence, not presence, E-N-T-S. They want E-N-C-E, presence. They want to know you love them. They want to know you're there for them, that you're engaged in their life and their ups and their downs, that you're not just on another trip and in another golf thing or another sports thing or another with your buddies or another in the garage or another, you're, you're engaged. They're the, the priority. They sense that. Kids are very perceptive. You'll be provoking them to discouragement and anger if you don't show them that they're that kind of priority. So you adjust some things. You say, wow, I've, I've got to make sure that they get that message from me. I'm not going to push that out on my wife if, you, you know, two-parent home and some of you are parenting alone. But you don't push that off on, the, on your wife. You say, well, they'll do the spiritual stuff. You know, I'm busy. I'm, I'm getting the bacon. I'm doing the... No, you're the head of the home. You set the spiritual temperature of your home. You take that responsibility on. Yes, you work together. 
But you don't become passive and sit back and say, oh, that's the wife's job. No, you're called. You're called out. To not provoke them to anger by being lazy or indifferent or distracted or making other things a priority, you make sure they know they're the priority. It is hard. It is humbling. It is sacrificial. But it is transforming to their heart. And they will always know more than anything else that you love them and that you're committed to them. You can make your mistakes, but if they have that foundation, my dad loves me. He's engaged in my life. He knows what's going on. He demonstrates it. Yeah, he messes up. Yeah, he said that. Yeah, oh, a couple things in the past. Yeah, but he's, he's willing to be humble and say, I'm sorry. He's willing to ask for forgiveness. My dad is trying. I can tell he's trying to lead me to God. That's what you want your kids to be able to say. Whether they agree with your faith or not, whether they disagree with this particular way that you parent or that decision back then or whatever, is the overall direction of your life to prioritize and love and engage them and show Jesus to them. You're on the right road going the right direction, for sure. You're not too busy. You're not distracted. You're not resentful. You're not a victim of what you didn't get from your past. You're a full-fledged adult male, <laughs> a Christian man walking with God in a body that's giving you good instruction. You have the word of God. You've got the power of the Holy Spirit. You can be a good dad, can't you? And a growing dad, not a perfect dad. Get that out of your head. A lot of people go, oh, I'll mess it up. I've been messed up. Uh, my dad messed me up. Everything's messed up. The culture's messed up. That's all true. But you can be a faithful dad and a growing dad. And that's what God calls you to do. You know what? That takes a lot of pressure off of us. But he tells us to stand firm in the faith. Stand up and be men. Be, be dads. Be obedient to the calling. Don't provoke your kids to anger because you don't need to do that. We can do much better than that. We can inspire them to growth. Not provoke them to anger. We can inspire their growth. Even as we're growing ourselves. And Paul gets very specific here in these next verses. How do we do that? To bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. That's the rest of verse 4. This is about training in the truths of God. It's about nourishing all aspects of their lives from the truth of God's word. It's a lifelong process. It takes loving discipline to shape and to guide. It takes a real dedication as a dad above everything else. And it will set them up for success in their relationships. Remember, you're helping them understand how to honor God and then honor you. And then they'll start honoring coaches and honoring leaders um, and honoring teachers and honoring the government and, and doing what's right before God. And you go, oh, that honoring, that's going to build success and stability in their life. And their heart's going to be shaped in a good, godly way. They're not going to be full of pride and going out for themselves and building their dream and dog eat dog and get rid of the people that are in my way or I'll step on them to get where I need to go. You're going to show them the way of Christ, which will build their heart and build their marriage and build their family and build the next generation. Deuteronomy 6.6, 6, again, God speaking through Moses to the people. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. 
Teach them diligently. Diligently. That's dedication. That speaks to me of great sacrifice. That's integrating. Let me ask you a question. When are you supposed to do this with your children? What does the verse say? When? When's the best time? It's kind of a trick question. So when's the best time to do that with your kids? Real loud. All the time, anytime. Oh, when you lie down? Oh, when you get up? Oh, when you walk by the way? Oh, when you're sitting down. You integrate the truths that you know about God and his ways with your children and the things they face and they're, they're growing up. You just go, wow, I can seize any opportunity. We're on a hike. We're on our bikes. We're watching this show. We're in traffic. We're waiting for, you know, whatever, at a sports game. You know, you use the opportunity. You seize the time that God gives you in all those different ways and you point them to Jesus. You point them to a truth he's put on your heart. You use it as an opportunity to say, hey, Dad, just learned this this week. You know, it's really cool. I was looking at this verse in Scripture, and this is what I was thinking about it. Like, isn't that awesome how God, or you're looking at creation, or you're seeing VBS. You walk around this church, you go like, wow, isn't it cool that all these, these volunteers do all this for you, Johnny, Susie? Isn't it incredible that all these people, they sacrifice so much time to do this, and then all week, is that awesome? That's how God is. He's just like what you're seeing in all these adults and all these volunteers. And he says, isn't that cool? Isn't it fun? Isn't this awesome just being the God? Lo-? I get a little animated. But see, you use any opportunity. This is so, I love our car. Isn't this cool that God gave us enough money for this car? This is really cool. I, like, I like the, really like the air conditioning. How about you? you? You just, as you're going, you can, you see a sunset. You see a situation, and you can bring attention. You know, we should really pray for that family. We, let's just pray right now. Dad, you're driving. I know, I won't close my eyes. Don't worry. And you pray right then. You're integrating God, his truth, his grace, his compassion, his awareness at a heart level, and you bring that to your kids. It's not difficult to understand how. It's just making a decision. Wow, I just, no, we'll do this as a team with my wife. And, and the older kids start helping the younger, and you just go like, wow, this is pretty amazing. This is a marathon. This is not a sprint. It's, it's about faithfulness, not perfection. It's about planning for the long haul and doing what I can do each day at the little different moments of the day. It's helping them set priorities. It's helping protect them from the culture, which is very strong. Like I said, it's a battle and it's coming at them every day. You have social media pressure. You got pressure to be on the phone, pressure to compete, pressure to compare, pressure to mount up and have a life. And the world is saying there is no absolute truth. Figure it out yourself. Your truth is truth for you. That's what you're battling as a parent. So instead of like, well, good luck. It's like, no, we're going to have the power of God through his word, through our efforts, and specifically dads leading the charge here to show them the truth and to show them another way, to show them the path of walking under God's blessing. Otherwise, we set up our kids to get thrown like an unmoored boat in a storm with rocks everywhere. Be faithful. Instruct them through the years and through the moments of the days. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So God has given you everything you need in his word. Christ, the living word, and then the written word of God to help you equip your children. So as you're spending time in those spontaneous moments or that 
devotional time before your kids, you know, are going off to sleep. So in their beds or maybe a little time after dinner with everyone. You figure that out at different ages and different stages of your life. Should all the kids be together? Maybe we have to split up, do a little differently. Work together with your, your wife, your husband. You just do that. But you, you realize, wow, I've got to show them the direction. I've got to show them when they're off how to correct and bring them back on. And I need to keep training and equipping them so that they're ready for every good work that God wants them to glorify himself through each day. I have what I need in scripture. I need to know how to use it. So you talk with other dads and you say, what do you do? Do you do devotions? Do you do it daily? When do you do it? How do you do it when you have an older kid who's not real interested in the younger one who can't get enough? How do you do that? What do you do? Do you go camping? Do you do this? Do you do it at night? Do you do it at sports? Do you pray before meals? Do you pray after meals? Do you pray at every meal? How do you pray? What do you pray? Fill in the blanks, guys, right? Don't sit back and go, you just, like today, you just got to say, I'm going to grow in this. I'm going to grow as a dad. I'm going to grow. I'm going to grow. And you may have been the best dad. Just keep saying that, though. I'm going to grow. Lord, help me to be a great dad now with older teenagers. Now, help me be a great dad. I'm an empty nest dad. Now they're out. How do I remanage and recalibrate my parenting? Now they're not obeying me, but they should be honoring me. But how do I... How do I move into this next phase? How do I do this with grandkids? As you're doing it with grandkids, you're helping actually train your, your own kids to be better parents. It's just all pretty natural as you realize, I need to keep growing as a dad or even a granddad. And it's pretty fun. And we do it together. Deuteronomy 4.9 says, Only take care and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, unless they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and your children's children. I got something riveted on my mind. I got to make sure that I keep my soul diligent before the Lord. And I repeat to Henry and to Owen and to Bo and to Oz, my grandsons, four of them. I got to remember that. I got to speak of the goodness of God. I got to point things out that God's made in this world. I got to love my wife like God loves me. I got to love my kids. I've got to display. I've got to be creative. I've got to make commitments. I have to sacrifice. I'm supposed to let my children and my children's children know. And as I'm letting the grandkids know, I'm also letting my kids know that, that dad wants to be about the things of God, even though he's not perfect. He wants to be. He's dedicated. He, it's day by day, just week by week. My, he's just, he's just stay at it till the day he dies. And then you know what they're going to remember? They're going to remember a dad who tried to be faithful. Don't you want to be remembered that way? You just did the best you could being faithful. That's what they would, they never expect you to be perfect. They just want to see that you've kept your soul diligent before the Lord. That what you've learned from God, you repeat and you declare and you teach them. And you keep at it. More and more. And if they wander off, even if they wander off into the desert for years, the Lord will bring them back and he'll use the dedication of the parents, of the fathers and the mothers to keep pointing them back to Jesus. God allows U-turns. Always remember that. If you're discouraged where your kids are at, don't give up. Keep praying. Just keep being faithful. So I was wondering how I'd conclude today. And I thought, you know what? I've heard people do this, so I'm going to make it really easy on you. I put some thoughts together with some verses on one slide so you can all pull your phones out and take a picture of this last. This is like my Father's Day card to you 
as a dad. You're not my dad, but you know what I mean. It'll just be a brother to brother. So get your phones out. I didn't cover all these verses. We didn't have time. But I wanted to give you some things to walk out of here with. Okay, I'm going to go through them very quickly. So get your cameras out, take a picture. Remember, your children are a gift from the Lord, Psalm 127. That's the foundation. Walk in righteousness and in the fear of the Lord so that your children will be blessed after you. Be a faithful father that will bring up your children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. The verses we just covered today. Declare like jo jo uh, Joshua did, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Read that story, because the only other choice is to worship idols. Do you want your kids worshiping idols? Then you better show them you are not going to worship idols. You're going to worship the only God. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Rely on the Lord's strength, realizing that God's power is made perfect in weakness. When you're feeling weak as a dad and inadequate and you made a mistake or you just, it's hard, you just remember, wait, God's power rests on me and it will be made perfect when I'm willing to admit my weakness and how much I need his help. And then lastly, love your children as your heavenly father loves you. 1 Corinthians 13 will really help you there. And then lastly, remember we do this together. You're in a family for a reason. God's family is awesome. There's nothing like it on the planet. God put you in this family so you can learn from each other and from other dads and you hook arms with other families and you, we're going to do this thing together. And we're going to help each other where we're weak and we're going to give tips to each other. We're going to figure it out as we're rooted in scripture and it's going to all strengthen all of us and our families together. Do not be floating out on the edges. Get in a life group. Get in a men's group. Go on a men's retreat. Start connecting right to the fabric of this church and see the blessing of God. You might be Today, you might be thinking, I don't, I don't really understand God as a heavenly father, so I don't even know the whole parenting father thing at all. All you'd have to do is say today, God, I recognize, like it says in 1 John 1, 9, if I confess my sin, you are faithful to forgive my sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. You say, God, you're that kind of heavenly father that you sent your son Jesus to that cross to rescue me back. I don't have to earn it. I'm not performing for it. It's not weighing my good against my bad. It's by grace you give me the gift of forgiveness. You cleanse me from all unrighteousness and the Holy Spirit will come to live in your life so that you can obey God. You would even have this desire to obey God and know him. Scripture says all call in the name of the Lord will be saved. And if that's you today, call in the name of the Lord. Just do the U-turn turn away from your sin and turn to God and confess it to God that you'd be forgiven and have his life in you. And you'll understand the overpowering love and forgiveness of God. It'll, it'll, you know, you look at this. I love this waterfall. Jesus is the living water. He said, if you place your faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit will come and live in you and seal you for all of eternity. That's what it's like when you give your life to Christ. The living water washes you of all sin and Christ comes to live in you through the Holy Spirit. If that's your desire today, uh, we're going to pray right now uh, and just receive Christ. And then for every one of us, that we would understand how to honor God, honor our parents and dads, to not provoke our kids, to be very careful to raise them up in the love and the nurture and the discipline of the Lord. That's enough to pray for, isn't it? Let's go to the Lord. Jason's going to come on out. We're going to sing. We're going to have also the Lord's Supper. We're going to remember that the Lord made all this possible through his sacrifice. So after the basket's passed, just if you know Christ is your Savior, if you would just take the bread and the juice and hold the two, we'll eat and drink together in just a moment.
So let's go to the Lord. Father, we want to thank you for these powerful truths. We want to understand them, Lord, at a heart level. To love you and to honor you above all others and all things. And Father, when we do that and then we look at our parents, Lord, that we'd understand how to honor them. How to prefer them. How to show respect and love to them. Then, Lord, that our children would follow suit and learn that even by witnessing it in us. That they would want to obey their parents. They would understand the loving discipline and guidance is for their best and for their future. Lord, we just need your help. Thank you, Lord, you provide it. The wisdom like today you've given us. And then the power of your spirit that lives in us to actually go live what we've learned. But if you're sitting here and you haven't given your heart to the Heavenly Father yet, just realize he sent his own son, Jesus, who was holy and perfect, sinless, to take your sin on the cross for you in your place so that you could be forgiven and come back into a relationship with the Father. Lord, your word says, when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father but through me. So if that's you today, Go to the Father through the Son. Ask Him to forgive your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Say, God save me. You came for me too. And you'll become a child of God. You pray that from your heart and He'll hear you and answer your prayer. And then you don't live for self and sin any longer. You live for the Savior. You live to glorify God and to have all of His blessing in your life and for all eternity. You prayed that prayer today. Let someone know that you came with that you did so they can celebrate your new walk with God. And Father, I just pray that you would give us the strength that we need, the healing that we need, the empowering that we need to go live out these truths and build our families and our marriages and our parenting on your great truth. Thank you, Lord. We know it'll bring your blessings. So we thank you in advance. Now receive our worship, Lord. It's for you.